0: I'm <laughs> sorry.
1: Men say podcast. We are back with just some bite sized content for you. Um, I nearly said looking ahead of the Hartlepool game, but let's you know, we're not going to preview it that much, let's be honest. Uh, we're just getting some uh summer and pre season thoughts from myself, Stephen Goldsmith, Mickey Loft, and Jimmy Ray. Uh, because we haven't been around for a while doing podcasts and stuff, we're probably just going to be reiterating some of the things that uh Gareth Matt and Richard said. Last week, Well, last week, let's see how we go. I don't know why I can't talk. Excited off that uh, Ashes drama. Um, right, OK. Uh, how are you doing, Mick? All right? I'm
2: doing good, Mick. Yourself? Uh, yes. Have you thrown your micro- microphone away? <laughs> no, I just... I'll kind of get the, the sound to connect to the thing. OK. So well, that's better. The that there sounds better than it did two seconds ago. Yes, um, yeah, exactly, I, I know you, I, sometimes uh, I'm a bit notorious for me, audio quality being a bit crap, so...
1: Okay. It sounded okay when you first said, before we start recording. Um, never mind. Uh, Jimmy, you okay? Yeah, all good, mate. Glad to be back. We are, yeah. And Everybody enjoyed the summer off, though. It's good to just have a break. Literally. Yeah, I needed it. I
3: think, uh, yeah, a few weeks off was, was what was needed, but I'm raring to go again now. So. Mm.
1: I was mm. even, like, toying with the idea of, like, I, I didn't even get out with my Orca tickets until Friday night. Like, toying with the idea of, like, not bothering, because I was like, I still don't quite know if I'm... I'm ready for it, but it did feel good, I think, just to get back and uh it helped that it was a nice day. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. um obviously don't normally sit in the east stand and the sun was blazing on you, so that was a positive. Um just again, I, I mentioned there, uh, we might be reiterating what some of the uh, some of the stuff the lads said uh last week, so we will we'll not we'll not do it too much, but um general opinions on the some activity in terms of transfers, Mick?
2: I think it's very much my overall opinion last season, that it's generally been very positive and I've been pleased with the acquisitions that we have made, but we're still lacking in key areas. So I just hopefully that can be, be, be brought in sooner rather than later, rather than we can have another good season.
1: we talked about centre-forwards again? But essentially, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we're, just, we're just carrying on from where we left off last season. Uh, the summer hasn't done uh, much to change that. But I mean, um, you know, while is young, Jimmy, and we need to be careful not to put too much pressure on him. Um, while not looking like a world-beater, he, he's, he's, he's looked all right. He's, he's, yeah. he's scored in most of the games he's played in, and that's what City yeah. Falls need to do, isn't it? I think he's pretty much scored. I think... But is it everyone he
2: started? Possibly, I, I, I think yeah, um, yeah, I, yeah, I 4,
3: and research, four and, obviously, but instinctively uh, that's what I saw somebody say he's 4-4, four and four, which is, I mean, obviously granted it's pre-season, um, but I think somebody mentioned on, on the pod the other day, and I sort of agree with that, that there's plenty of strikers we've signed in recent past who haven't got off the mark early, if at all, in terms of even in pre-season and... Um, obviously, the whole point of the preseason games, um, even ones against sort of lower qualities, it does give players a chance to get off the mark and get, you know, get some confidence. In. And you could see, I thought from his celebration on uh, on Saturday, you know, he seemed to he seemed to be buzzing, um, buzzing to have scored. And um, obviously, you don't want to put too much pressure on him. Um, and agree with Mick, obviously, that we we definitely do need more reinforcements up front. But I think he's uh, certainly shown he's got a bit about him. Um, mm. And uh, for a young lad, he seems big and. Sort of, you know, his, his his movements good in the box. Uh, obviously, to an extent, you can blame defending, but then I'm sure most strikers would argue that it's good movement as well, not well, just bad defending. Yeah, um, That's
1: it. Y- y- yeah. You
3: know, Charlie White scored a lot of goals like that in, in League One, didn't he? where so sort the of ball was ball was sort of hung in the air, and he found space and got it in. And um, I think with with Hemir, it's um, it's going to be a case of how he adapts to the to the more sort of physical and, and high level Championship teams, but. Uh, from what we've seen, um, I think it's gone about as well for him as it probably could have done, really, mm-hmm. in terms of preseason and stuff. Um, it just with the business in general. I thought for a change getting getting those four signings in quite early on um was positive. Um obviously more more, more are more I needed, like we've said. Um Possibly, I sort of mentioned it in my preview piece um, and I know it's obviously been quite common knowledge anyway that generally with loans you can't get them in as early as you can with your permanence and I think a lot of teams in in, in the league are waiting on being able to get loans in. I think we will be looking in the prem loan market. I'd expect us to be. I know we with Tom Cannon and a couple of others as well. Um, go sort of forward options. So while I'm not necessarily using that as an excuse, I do think there's, there's definitely a reason behind why possibly we haven't been able to complete all of our
1: business yet. Um, I, I definitely think a centre for If, <clears throat> if, if they're going to bring in of us, because we're kind of where we are, like we were last season in terms of. In, in a I mean, I know we've got an extra body in the door now, but who, but he's going to be injured as well for a while, by the sounds of it. So we kind of, you know, one striker fit couple of things to quickly note. Um, at least he looks like a number nine. You know, not like Gellar did. We, we're not looking here and thinking, oh, I'm not sure. He's a, He's quite a number nine. He looks like every bit of number nine, doesn't he? Definitely. Um, yeah. which, which definitely um, makes you wonder about uh, Speakman's comments when he said we don't play off number nines. Anyway, <laughs> um, and I think just to back what you said there, Jimmy, I think realistically, you know, we do have three strikers who who are on the books now, who are Sunderland players. Yes, two of them are injured. That sort of suggests it's going to be a lone siding if they're going to bring if they're going to bring another person in. And I think people would say that was fair enough. Um, while you want four strikers ideally competing for places, Mick, for a Championship club, you, realistically one of those is going to be a lone signing, isn't it?
2: Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, especially because of naturally with them coming from a higher level, lone players. Uh, gonna be the higher quality. So like players like Ahmad don't usually become available until clubs have like finalised the squads for the season and had those initial games and have really gotten nailed down what the starting is gonna be. I think to kind of um, praise the recruitment team for I do think we've solved quite a few issues from last season. So I think the physicalities um being a big um part of our shortcoming in the Luton game in the playoffs last season, which I know one of the lads touched on the podcast, but the centre halves we brought in um Triantus, he's really physically imposing them. Zeal, a big, big lad as well. But not only do we bring in a physical presence, but both, by all accounts and from what I've seen, really comfortable on the ball and good at playing out. And I thought it was telling on Saturday that we played 0-9 in the centre-half instead of Danny Bart, because, and you saw with the distribution from Patterson, oftentimes it was really short to 0-9, or 0-9 was laying the ball off directly from the goal kick. And whilst I think Danny Barth's a very, very good defender... He's not necessarily the best at playing the ball out from the back. And Anthony Patterson's distribution, particularly when he has to go along, isn't really up to the standard of what we're really looking for. And both Triantus and Zeal, like the stride out of a ball and play these quite progressive balls up the field and they're trying great lines and stuff. So I think that's definitely going to be a feature of our game this season. So I'm pleased to see that with the signs that we have made, there seems to be a clear logic and reason behind the players that we've brought in, which is really encouraging.
1: Yeah, and we needed reinforcements in our position. So, you know, generally speaking, the recruitment look on the face of it, like they've done a good job. Obviously, you have to reserve judgment a little bit. We've been here before with with signings in the past, where you think they look exciting on paper, and then they're anything but. You would say the track record so far of this team would would would, would allow them that trust a little bit. Um, interesting that we we were all calling for experience. Um, Bradley Duck seemed like such an obvious. Mm-hmm link to make um, I was a big fan of Richard kind of rubbishing the link and then um, mm-hmm. 12 hours later <laughs> being confirmed by the club which is a typical wise men say a fashion not just down to Richard personally that um, but risk-free that one Jim free transfer yeah
3: I'd say so I mean uh, in terms of his experience obviously he's had issues with his with his knee injuries what I would say with those is like they were very much like one after the other kind of freak but long-term injuries as a to he, if you look over the course of his career, he, he's played. He, you know, he's, he's played a decent number of games in seasons where he hasn't had those big injuries. So, yeah, I think risk free. He's like, like you say, he's on a free. He'll be on a bit more money, you'd imagine, than the younger players who have come in. But like you say, we did need experience then, and to get a player of his level, you are going to have to pay a bit more in wages, you'd imagine. I mean, and I'd also say, um, in terms of the type of player he is, I can see him fitting in well. Um, you know, close control, um, creative. He scored a fair few goals. Mowbray was, uh, I mean, I know Mowbray seems to really love him. So he was very gushing in his praise about what he can bring to the team. um, And I don't doubt that that's the case given. Obviously, I can't say I've watched loads of Blackburn with him playing, but, you know, you see highlights of goals he scored and, and things and played against us in both games, I think, didn't he, last season? And looked quite good. He certainly, he certainly remember the stadium light like, anyway, and I'm pretty sure he played at Eagle Park just, too.
1: But I just hope it's not yeah. a replacement for Pritchard, and I hope the ball no. stay around for the season. I, I, I don't it'll think be it good, it'll be good. It'll be good to have be. it'll be good to have the, old, the alternative because it it seems like there would be would be well, options, options for each both other. Need, I think like
3: with, with Pritchard, we we know from the two seasons he's we've had him, he, he won't play. He can't, you know, well, he won't play I all mean. yeah. the games. So, and I think as well, to be honest. Um, I, we haven't seen any rumors of of anyone being in for Pritchard that I've seen anyway, so I I, I wouldn't necessarily say because because Dak came in on free, um, it's probably like an addition rather than a. Rep- Initially, I did think, oh, that's going to be a sort of a Pritchard, but actually, I haven't thought about it a bit more and having seen nothing since Dak signed to suggest that Pritchard was looking to
1: go, I don't see why we can't. Um, I think you would fun. sell him if somebody if somebody if came in because he's in the last year of his contract, mm-hmm. and I think if somebody come in and offered them some you know, a decent amount of money from them then I, you know again you couldn't really blame them for
2: taking that option but
1: from a selfish point of view I, I would like them to be the two options in that Agreed. position yeah I do I think, think I... as well though yeah. sorry
2: Jim no no sir <laughs> um, t- I do think that um, Bradley Duck does offer something quite different from Pritchard though because I think Pritchard he's a very highly skilled technical footballer but when you look at his um, goal return Pritchard I think he scored eight goals for us across 90 appearances so he's got four in league one and four in the championship and Yes, Dak only got four last season, but he's got a one-in-three record for Blackburn. Now, I know one of them seasons was in League One, but he actually, in one season for Blackburn, when he was fully fit, he scored 15 goals across the season for them, and he scored nine in another season. And one thing mm-hmm. we're going to have to really do over the next season is replace the goals that we're going to lose from Ahmad. So I think he could be a really good addition in that sense, and I think Dak plays like much more of a, a free role, so he could be a really good Addition to have, especially if we have that physical presence of Hemer, and hopefully we bring in another physical striker. I think he could be really good to be kind of buzzing around the centre forward and getting on the end of any knockdowns and getting around the feet for good balls and behind. So I think he could be a very astute bit of business, to be honest, Bradley Duff.
3: Yeah, agree. I mean, I didn't, I didn't realise his goal record was like good but that that does kind of tie in with what I've what I've heard from, uh, well, as I heard, what I read uh, first from over but also from um, some Blackburn fans. I think, I think they. They did like him, obviously. I think he's he was uh definitely they uh, Yondal Thompson fancied him as much, uh, which is probably why he's he's not wasn't off a the New Deal at the end of the season. But yeah, I think, like you say, goals um need to be replaced. And if he if he can find what the goal scoring form he's had, he's gonna be playing with, you know, he's got plenty of opportunity on the ball, he's gonna have plenty of people to bounce off, like you say, plenty of space. And if he's got the sort of the technical ability in in football and brain to do it, I think he needs to slot right in really well into with who we've already got to be honest i think you can imagine him sort of interplay with roberts clark people like that you know i think it, i think he'd really work well
0: many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care plush care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save ten percent on your first month. That's BetterHelp H E L P
1: Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how um we we start the season generally 'cause um Obviously, you know, Pritchard not there at the moment, so it's it's like it was interesting to see the the, the change in shape, which I guess he, he might not have you know had uh, an option to do otherwise. But what was interesting, I thought, with with the shape on Saturday was how you would normally have the two midfielders, um, and then uh, the number ten, and then the the two wide players in the centre forward. It was very visibly different in that Ekwu like, was sitting the furthest back and allowing Neil and, and, and are we going, with, are we going with Job? Or are we going with Bellingham? Are we going with Bellingham? Yeah. I'm, Bellingham. I'm yeah. not on board with Job yet. I'm um, not on board with Job yet. So, uh, in, you know, and that, and that was the the triangle shape in, in, in the middle of the park, which is not something we've really seen under Marbury. So a couple of things on that. It, it, it's good to see that they're, they're trying different things.
3: Yep, Secondly,
1: agree. to see that Equa was, was the, was the deepest rather than nail. Because out of the two of them last season, I know when Ek was signed, there were a lot of presumptions that he was going to be the the deep player. Probably a lot of, you know, assumptions being made because he's big, physical, and those kind of big physical, tall midfielders generally are the ones who were like ball winners, aren't they? But it's he looks like he's got way more than that. Neil had to reinvent himself last season as a as a defensive midfielder. And I wonder on in a way if this was almost like an audition for Neil to say, well. Okay, we'll try things this way. Um, go and make stuff happen for us. Yeah. I mean, especially we're being, we're being really, lot, really harsh against Mallorca. Yeah. I'm not sure we would have passed that audition, but it's a very yeah. small sample size and it'd be very harsh to judge them just off that well.
3: I mean, I was gonna say, like, I mean, you know, against a, a technical Liga team, um, like Mallorca were. I think you know that the midfield battle was was, was going to be always quite um, you know, tough if you like, because because they were they certainly had some some high quality um Sort of, i got technical players all over the pitch. Really, I thought it was, I thought it was a really good sort of contest, a good yardstick, and obviously we did tie it towards the end and stuff. But yeah, I agree. I think it's interesting to see the shape changing, or oh, having different strings to your bow is key. Because last season, sometimes I know, mean, obviously, we were hamstrung by, by lack of personnel at times, but. It, it would have been good to be able to see a bit more variation, I think, in terms of what we can do. Again, depending on who you're playing, because against some teams, what we did last season will work better and then other teams maybe will need a bit of a different formation. And like I said, with Bellingham, I think it's um, interesting for him because obviously a highly rated because he's got the name and his brother did all right at Birmingham City. I think I, I think he's got potentially a massively exciting signing. Um, obviously, it depends on how he develops, but he, even if he's like half as good as his brother, then he's going to be like really,
1: really good. So even even that feels like a, a massive amount of pressure to put on somebody. It yeah, should be well, half as good as Real Madrid star signing. Well, summer. exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But you know, yeah. he,
3: he seems to be like similar to to uh, Jude in that regard. He seems to be very confident and seems to be happy to play and take on responsibility at the first team level at a very young age. And you know, you, that can only be a good thing, really, can't it? So I think as long as he's you not, know, we don't we don't want to rely on him too much, but. I think definitely he'll he'll get his his fair share of minutes probably from quite early on, given that um he he, he seems to be quite quite versatile if you like he he seems to be able to play quite far you know at times he's played quite far forward but also he can drop back a bit and he seems to be able to carry the ball well so interesting uh, flexible he can probably cover two or three different areas midfield positions depending on what we need um so yeah I think another shrewd
1: bit of business that's hard hard. To for well, hard to remember sometimes how young he is as well. Like, you've got to put yeah. that in because he's so exactly. big and, and he's had quite a bit first experience, uh, first team experience already. But, like, but 17 year old, isn't he? Like, it's, it's normally those players are nowhere near the first team, like they're in the under 23s. And, uh, yeah, and you know, we're we sometimes debating as a, fan, as a fan base whether like a, a certain 21 year old is ready for the first team yet. And it's just mentally, we've got some of these players who are who was so young and looked just first-team ready, or certainly, like, they're going to be there or thereabouts on that front, Mick. Chris Rigg, uh, thoughts on on his cameo? Don't worry, it wasn't even a cameo. We're going to see him a lot, I think.
2: Yeah. No, I mean, uh, Mowbray is not a player who necessarily heaps pressure on young players um, where it's not warranted. And he, after one of the first pre-season games, I think, where he scored, said that um, I would suggest that Chris Rigg will be pushing for a first-team place on our side this season. And for Tony Mowbray to come out and say that, I think, it's very telling because Mowbray, he doesn't like to put a load of undue pressure on players. I think he always gives a speech of, we've got to give them time, we've got to bed them in, we've got to remember they haven't had much football. But I mean, I'm sad enough to have watched all of the pre-season games so far um, on the streams and such. And yes, I mean, the, the quality of the opposition, particularly in the final game, wasn't really up to the level you'd expect. In the first game, New Mexico, there might not be an MLS side, but they are top of their league. Um, and he played he played well in that game, scored a goal. And what I really like about Rig he has no fear whatsoever, he doesn't play within himself, he gets the ball, he's tenacious, he likes to run at people. You saw at the weekend where he got the ball and he knocked it past two or three of our lads and drove, at, drove a foul and won the free kick and he likes to get stuck in. I think he very much has a belief to be a part of the first-team setup. Of course, we can't be reliant on him and I think that's a little bit of a theme across the midfield. I think it's very exciting that we've got so many good, young, technical footballers in the team but... Really, now you're looking at that midfield and Dan Neal's kind of your senior operator who's had two full seasons of senior football and really has only held the centre defensive midfield role for the second half of last season. So what we don't want is a position where we're expecting lads to do jobs slightly above where they are in their career in terms of a development because I think it's good that we can interchange between Equal as a holding midfielder or Dan Neal as a holding midfielder, pushing one of the two on if necessary. But i don't want a situation where we've got a lot of young lads in the midfield looking around for somebody to step up and really take, take a hold of the, the bat on, really, in terms of that seniority. Because last season, it was an outstanding season. But don't forget, we did, after January, go through that run where I think we won one game out of nine. And I'm not saying that necessarily like that's a, it's to be expected, but I just hope we haven't left ourselves slightly short in terms of someone who can step up into that role.
1: Yeah, no, I agree, 100%. There's still, there's still this team and squad... Maybe not so much the squad anymore now with, with Dak arriving, but like let's be honest, he's not going to be fit now. Uh, Charles Fitness, who knows? As we know, Corey Evans, they, they, they do need a little bit more. Do we know when Evans is in, due uh, back? Wasn't um, like it close? going to gonna be close to the new year?
3: Oh, is it that long, is it? Oh, wow. I thought uh, oh, I, could, I could be wrong. I, could be I thought October, it. but I, thought, I think that might be Stewart, so I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, but yeah I, I, think, I thought it was. I agree. I, I, yeah. I, if they can maybe try and get a short-term, well, I say short-term, maybe like a similar to Dak in terms of like a free agent or similar, um, sort of bit old. It doesn't have to be as old as Corey Evans, but someone sort of more experienced. I think absolutely right. But I think the problem is in terms of like, and this I, and this is one of, the, one of the kind of issues I guess I have with the way they have recruited. I'm not sure that they've left. That, that, that appears to be somewhere that they're prioritising looking in terms of like, we've signed a lot of midfielders, but we haven't signed that type and I I just wonder are they going to look to sign any more midfielders in that um, in that area I mean like hopefully you know maybe a three or or something we don't seem to to do that too often Um, but we'll like you like you said I mean I'm fully um, kind of ready to give them the benefit of the doubt to a certain extent but I, I can't help but agree with Mick that I think um we don't want to neglect experience in the middle of the park because like you say it's a lot of pressure. No, Especially no, from, like Saturday, like, like Tuesday, Saturday, them, Tuesday.
1: It's not like we're asking for them to sign like six players who've like, no. you know, the wrong end of 30. It's just it's just a sprinkler, it, not it? It's yes. still missing a bit because you know what it's like? You know, young players express themselves as great and it's really good to watch and stuff like that. But we all you know we're in the real world here and a couple of bad a couple of bad games are gonna need people to be um lifting them. The last thing on the Morgan game uh, Morgan game that uh, Right back was wild, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> you know, not only that red card, like, which was, which was, he was, a nut, he was, was just a nutter. Wasn't well, he? it was some effort to be sent off in a friendly. I mean, I mean, it was just unbelievable that. But I mean, we noticed obviously sitting in the East Stand in the first half and he, he just the narcissism of the fact that he had like tattoos on the upper half of his left leg. So he cut, he'd cut the left, his left shorts right mm. up. So you could see it. So he shot <laughs> uneven, and at a first you just thought, "Well, had he rolled it up?" But actually, when he got close to the touchline, it, it it cut it off above the tattoo, just to show the stadium of just light. Sunderland, his <laughs> tattoos, which is unbelievable. Um, yeah, just, yeah,
3: no, not for me. Um, I, I I obviously didn't go. Uh, I watched it on the stream, um, so that I couldn't see couldn't see that that from that angle. But that doesn't surprise me, given the way he went up in general. Um, I just thought like the whole thing was ridiculous. Um, to be honest, uh, I did quite enjoy how many of our our players sort of seemed to be straight in for the scrap after the foul. Their big neck is steaming in straight away. We love to see it. Um, obviously, not shy. As well, you wouldn't expect that from us. To be fair, but um, yeah, I think it was it was it was a ridiculous end to what was quite a good game. Um, I mentioned before the lack of. Fitness, I guess, towards the end. I think Mowbray mentioned, didn't he, that he'd only got his first proper night's sleep after the, you know, the, the jet lag or whatever on the Friday. Night. I imagine a lot of the players in a similar boat in that regard. And I, I think that the hot weather that we played in under, sorry, in the US probably will will have had a good effect on sort of, you know, your aerobic sort of exercise and breathing and, and a bit like sort of a, similar to like altitude training. But I guess obviously in the heat it'd be useful for fitness. Maybe not to take effect straight away, but I think we should hopefully see a benefit to that moving forwards. I'd imagine the players will be well-rested now, obviously for Hartlepool tomorrow, but more importantly for next week. I think probably just having the initial week after getting back from the US was probably the issue there in terms of a bit of time towards the end. And the games out there, the, the humidity and heat, I mean, you can see why they have been tired towards the end of those games as well. So, yeah, I'm not too worried about that. I think the fitness... Mowbray, certainly. I mean, I'm, I'm you know, in Mowbray, um, we trust when it comes to this sort of thing. If, if he's happy with the fitness levels, then I'm not going to second-guess him because, A, I haven't been there to to measure the fitness levels he has. And B, um, he, you know, he, I don't imagine he'd be, he'd be he'd be too shy to say if he thought the players needed to work a bit harder, but he hasn't really sort of said that. So, yeah,
1: quite happy with it. Just finishing up then, obviously, we're not going to hardly people give in detail or anything like that, but... Um... There's a bit of hype around Sunday at the moment, I feel. Um, listen, they're not the top uh, 20 podcasts earlier. They had us finishing um, fifth, fifth in yeah. production. Yeah. Uh, sorry if that's a to spoil it for anyone who's planning on listening <laughs> to it. Um, two you two haven't done theirs yet. Well, I have, but they just did the bottom eight. Um, expectations now? They're up this season, aren't they? Yeah, well, like I you think anything right so. below playoff players now, fans are going to think. Well, them. I think rightfully
3: so. I mean, I think you have to always look to build on the season before. So um, I can see why neutrals have got us high league, but you know, we played some great football last season, got into the playoffs against the odds. Um, our chance. I mean, I know obviously fans of every club will always have a be, a be a bit more sort of expected and maybe like sort of want more from a window. But I think from a neutral perspective, I imagine our window probably looks quite good. Uh, we've made a lot of signings quite early, a lot of quite exciting names and stuff like that. So I can see why um some of your neutrals who, do, you know, like these, yeah, not the top 22nd tier, well, they, they obviously will do their research based off things like that. And obviously our last season's performances, so I can see why they're backing us. And I think we should expect the same. Um, obviously, the league could well be tougher next season, um, given that the the... You know Leicester and Southampton especially seem to be splashing the cash haven't come down. Leeds seem to be struggling a bit to do that. But um obviously Ipswich coming up they they seem to have a lot of money and it's they they did, good.
1: yeah I think that'll be I think that'll be a
3: good test actually on Sunday um in terms of obviously they they they've got a kind of similar model to us I think in terms of how they try and do their business but I think they have maybe got a bit more heavy on the experience this time in terms of having just come straight up in terms of what signs they've made but um I, it's hard to know what to expect other than they were very good in the one and seem to have done some decent business. So I think, uh, yeah, it'd be a good test for us. I don't think it's one to get too They're high good. on if we beat them and too low on if we don't, but I think certainly it'll be a good yardstick to see where we are in the face of what are quite a sort of an exciting prospect themselves. Other than that, I think we just have to try and hit the ground running as much as we can um, and really try and make sure that we do
1: plug the gaps that still need to be plugged between now and the end of the window. Yep, I think Ipswich will be good and I think Southampton will be the... In, on paper, they've got everything you need to do really well this season because they've always mm-hmm. signed, they've always had a similar model. the criticism they got last season was that the players assigned were too young and experienced, but a lot of those will be, will be, will be championship ready. On top of parachute payments, on top of income for for some of the bigger players who are going to, who are going to move on. Um, everything leads towards Southampton being being Another a standard team this yeah. season. But we we don't know, Mick. Do we have any final thoughts, Mick? I'm going to hand over to you. Come on, yeah. give us something.
2: I think it's going to be quite difficult to pitch expectations this season because I think it's a lot more nuanced than just saying, oh, well, we got in the playoffs last year, so this year we need to try and target automatic promotion. I mean, now the the playing field is not like it used to be when we won the league under Mick McCarthy and Roy Kane because now I think it's that skewed in favour of teams that are coming down from the Premier League. It's almost a bit of an unfair playing field. Um, and then you've got to factor in as well that while getting to the playoffs was extremely impressive last season, it was unusual to get into the playoffs on 69 points. So my comment would be that let's say we're eighth or ninth in the table in October and November and people start getting a bit restless. I think it's more instructive to look at how many points we've accumulated and how we've performed so far, because I think that will give you a much better picture of how we'll do over the season. Because I think if you look at it in raw terms of we could finish eighth this season on higher points than what we got into the playoffs Mm -hmm. last season. So I think you've got to judge the progress of the club and the progress of the players overall. Um, I mean, it cho- what shows how hard it is to pitch, I think last season, the opening day against Coventry, made me doubt coming away from the game, both said, that's a really good point and a good performance because Coventry, you're a solid mid-sable team, so that suggests that we could beat, and then both teams ended up in the playoffs. So it just goes to show how, I know it's a cliche, but it's a very unpredictable league. Um, just one final thought, just before we um, wrap up, um, talking about transfers, it looks like, Finally, because Man U's come back off the two, we'll be getting the number two goalkeeper in with um, Nathan Bishop, who's already made a good oh, yeah. impression on me by Ryland Phil Parkinson. Yeah, uh, that was great. So, <laughs> so, um, so now I'm just wondering what people's thoughts were on there because for me, he seems to be essentially like another Alex Bass. Like, he's not obviously played for Man U other than the under-21s and then he's had experience at South End when he was younger and he was on loan at Mansfield. But really, he's never played above League One in terms of standards. So I just worry... Because for me, it's difficult to do, but you need a number two keeper who, if Patterson did pick up a knock, you'd be confident throwing into the Championship fixture. And I'm not quite sure that we've done that, so I just wonder what your thoughts were. Well, all I'd say on him is,
3: I agree, although, Bass... <laughs> yeah. Um, basically, I think Bishop, given that he was signed by Man United, I think he I, I'd be inclined to say, without having seen much of it, that he'll have more to offer than Bastard based off Mark Lynch athletes. came from Man
1: United, Jerm just saying.
3: Yeah, well, no, yeah, that's I don't yeah,
1: fair, fair. But I mean, I, yeah, he's got me better than Bastard, surely. We'll see. Luckily, we weren't put in that position last season, so who knows? Maybe yeah. they've got the eye, the eye on a couple, so you never know. Right, okay, well, uh, that was a nice little catch up. Um, Matt and um, whoever will be back. To preview that Ipswich game, it's, we're nearly there. We're nearly there again already. So, uh, as always, everybody, thanks for listening. <laughs>